the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. False teachers and false churches will oppose us, criticize us, and seek to discredit us as they did Jesus and Paul. But because we love people, because we are concerned over their eternal destiny, because we recognize only one gospel that will save them, and because we are devoted to the glory of God, we will not. Stop trying to glorify God in the saving of the lost with the one and only gospel of God. You know, it is easy to get disheartened as you take a look at the landscape of Christianity, especially in industrialized countries, uniquely, specifically here in America. But it is of great hope that we look to Christ, that we look to God himself for the hope and future and the glorious future of the church. Welcome to Abounding Grace. Pastor Gary Wagner takes us back to Galatians chapter 4 today as we look at the glorious future of the church. And there is a future, no matter how dismal it may look even today. God's plans will not be thwarted. Here's Pastor Gary with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. This age is proud of the fact that it is an age of tolerance. We've learned to tolerate everything and everybody, every viewpoint and every lifestyle, every opinion and every kind of behavior. We've learned not to judge the actions and ideas of anyone. But biblical Christianity is vastly different from the consensus of our day. Biblical Christianity is intolerant towards anything or anyone that opposes it, contradicts it, or compromises it in the smallest way. For we know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. Notice the attitude of Paul in our text. In verse 1 he says, Because Christ died that we might be free to keep standing firm, don't be subject to a yoke of bondage. Be a good soldier and resist all assaults on the gospel. Verse 10, I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view, but the one who is disturbing you shall bear the judgment from God. Whoever he is, may he be judged and thereby silenced. Then these shocking words in verse 12. I wish those who are troubling you trying to make you believe that you have to be circumcised to become a Christian, would even mutilate or castrate themselves. We as Christians must stand firm against and stoutly resist any subversion of Christianity, any attempt to rob the church of the freedom of Christ purchased for her by his own blood. 
This blessing is so valuable to us that we must defend it at all costs. John Calvin said, in defense of which it is our duty to fight even to death. Many would see this attitude of Calvin and Paul as one of excessive zeal. But it is only because they do not understand the glory of this freedom that we have in Christ. Nor do they understand the horror of the bondage to sin. If any person endeavors to bring our consciousness into bondage to man, we must resist them valiantly, even to the point of death. Furthermore, in deference to those who try to sever believers from Christ, we pray with Paul that they shall bear their judgment from God, verse 10, whoever that may be, and those who are intent on mutilating the gospel... It is our prayer with Paul that they mutilate themselves and thus end their assault on the truth and their seduction of men and women away from the gospel. In fact, we go even further and say with Paul in the first chapter to the Galatians, If any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to that which you received from me, let him be accursed. That is... Let him be sentenced to hell. Now, is this harsh, mean-spirited, and anti-Christian language? Granted, it is intolerant. But is it unchristian and mean-spirited? When our age hears this kind of talk, they cry out. This is dangerous fanaticism that breeds violence and leads to terrorism against all anti-Christians. But isn't our attitude and Paul's attitude one that is consistent with the attitude of the Lord Jesus Christ? Who said in Matthew 18, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble, it is better for him that a heavy millstone be hung around his neck and he be drowned in the depths of the sea. Pretty gruesome picture. But wasn't Jesus a loving person? Of course. He was the most loving person that ever lived. Was Paul loving? Of course. In fact, he was willing to face death and persecution and suffering time after time in order to benefit those whom he loved. In fact, and this is what our world cannot see because... It understands neither the glory of God, nor the glory of our freedom in Christ, nor the terror of bondage to sin. It was because of Paul's love for God. It was because of Paul's love and concern for people that he said these things that the world interprets as harsh and mean-spirited. And it is because of his love for God and for people and his concern for their eternal destiny that he was so intolerant of all attempts to blend pure Christianity with anything that originates with fallen man. The Galatians were dear to Paul's heart. When we studied the fourth chapter, we saw that Paul felt like both a father and a mother towards them. 
He had invested his life into their lives. And now they were in danger of being led astray from Christ by false preachers. The purity of the one gospel Christ gave to Paul to preach and defend was being perverted. The one and only gospel that can save people from hell must be kept pure and unmixed for the gospel adulterated is the gospel destroyed. Man's reinterpretation of the gospel leads him even further and further away from God. Only the divinely revealed pure gospel in the Bible leads one to God. For Paul, as Dr. Rush Dooney said, these false teachers, as all false teachers, are important men in their religion, but might as well be in their flesh. For theirs is a dead faith, and they are religiously dead men. The Christian is called to freedom by Christ and by his atoning, generating work. He is freed from sin and death for life and justice. Instead of being dead and, Im and impotent, the Christian man is alive in Christ, a man of power. It is totally true that we are to be loving people. Totally true. In fact, we are to be loving people even toward those who hate us, toward our enemies. And as John Calvin said so many centuries ago, it is the will of God that we should seek the salvation of all men without exception. But devout minds are sometimes carried beyond the consideration of men and led to fix their eye on the glory of God and the kingdom of Christ. The glory of God, which is in itself more excellent. Listen. The glory of God, which is more excellent than the salvation of men, ought to receive from us a higher degree of esteem and regard. Believers earnestly desire that the glory of God should be the promised thought of men and forget the world and would rather choose that the whole world should perish than that the smallest portion of the glory of God should be withdrawn. Let us remember, however, that such a prayer as this proceeds from leading men wholly out of view and fixing our attention on God alone. Paul cannot be accused of cruelty as if he were opposed to the law of love. It is a cruel kind of mercy which prefers a single man, a false teacher, to the church. It is as if he said on one side, see the flock of God in danger. On the other side, I see a wolf seeking like Satan whom he may devour. Ought not my care and concern for the church to lead me to desire that its salvation should be purchased by the destruction of the wolf? And yet, I would not wish that a single individual should perish in this way. But my love for church and my anxiety about her interests carry me away into a sort of ecstasy so that I can think of nothing else. End quote. With such zeal as this, every good pastor, every true Christian should burn within. To too many people, these words are meaningless. 
to say that there are some things more important than saving the lost? There are some things more important than the welfare of human beings? There are some things more important than the things of man? Yes, and that is the glory and the honor of Almighty God. He who will not contradict or negotiate any point of his truth in order to save one sinner from hell. And Paul, when he says what appears to the world to be harsh things, they are blinded by the glory of God, which glory is infinitely far more important than the welfare of these false teachers. If we had a greater love for the lost and if we were more devoted to the glory and the honor of God, we would not only would not be offended by what God says in this passage, rather we would say these things about ourselves. Now let me say another thing about the world's demand on us of tolerance and of ethical and religious toleration. If a society or a nation is founded on Christianity and biblical law, then there can be no toleration of another religion or system of law. Do not deceive yourself about this. Do not be naive. Now, this is one of the most important things I'm going to say to you today. Toleration is a device used to introduce a new religion and a new ethical basis for society other than Christianity, which is then a prelude to a new intoleration of Christianity that will be savage in its hostility toward the Christian church, biblical Christianity, and biblical law. It is suicidal. For a Christian nation to tolerate another religion, another gospel, another system morality than that revealed in Holy Scripture. The call of toleration of any and all religions, any and all ethical systems makes a radical intoleration of and hatred for Christianity and Christian ethics. Rushduni again says this. In the name of toleration, the believer is asked to associate on a common level of total acceptance with the atheist, the pervert, the criminal, and an adherence to as if no difference exists. The believer has a duty of lawful behavior toward all, an obligation to magnify grace and charity where it is due. But he does not have the obligation to deny the validity of the differences which separates the believers from the unbelievers. In the name of toleration, the believer is asked to tolerate all things because the unbeliever will tolerate nothing. It means life on the unbeliever's terms. It means that biblical order is denied existence because all things must be leveled downward. This is what is going on in our society today. The basic premise of the modern doctrine of toleration is that all religious and moral positions are equally true 
and equally false. In brief, this toleration rests on a radical revelation and humanism that says there is no particular truth or moral value in any religion. The true value in this life is man himself. And man as such must be given total acceptance irrespective of his moral and religious position. End quote. This American society wants to either find truth in all religions or to find truth in none. In either case, it seeks to deny Christianity. The Bible, however, has no tolerance whatsoever for a lie which all false religions and all other ethical systems are. One of the verses of the Bible most offensive to this postmodern world is Psalm 96.5 that says, For all of the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Now think about what that sentence says. Every other God that others worship except Jehovah is false, is a lie, is an empty idol. Every religion on the face of the earth other than the pure religion of our Lord revealed in Scripture alone is idolatrous, is phony, and is a lie. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Without any qualifications whatsoever, all other religions but true Christianity are condemned by this verse, beloved. While the unbeliever today is contemptuously tolerant of almost any religious practice or any religious organization, except Christianity, because he believes that the political order is ultimate and the source of all law and order, he is politically intolerant. He denies out of hand the validity of any Christian political order and commits himself religiously and without question to the secular welfare state as we have it today. The modern unbeliever rejects as dangerous and divisively extremist any attempt to curb the will of the majority and the people in control with the enforcing of biblical law by church, state, and family. Because he considers biblical law to be a terrorizing lie. So our intolerance of evil and our intolerance of all false gospels will bring us into direct conflict with the world. But that does not matter. For we know that we love man. We love God. And so the fact that we are put in conflict with the world doesn't deter us from our calling and our mission that God has given us of making the world's nations Christ's disciples. False teachers and false churches will oppose us, criticize us, and seek to discredit us as they did Jesus and Paul. But because we love people, because we are concerned over their eternal destiny, because we recognize only one gospel that will save them, and because we are devoted to the glory of God, we will not 
Stop trying to glorify God in the saving of the lost with the one and only gospel of God. The gospel of sovereign grace and the regenerating power of God in Christ. And regarding anyone who would seduce simple believers away from Christ and his gospel, we would pray that they not only would mutilate themselves, but we would pray for them as God taught us to pray for them in Psalm 109. Look at Psalm 109. I'm going to ask you that as I pray it out loud, that you would pray this psalm in your heart if you actually have faith to believe it. This is against all those false teachers who would seduce simple people away from the gospel of Christ. Psalm 109 I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 13. O God of my praise, do not be silent, for they have opened the wicked and deceitful mouth against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They have also surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me without cause. In return for my love, they act as my accusers, but I am in prayer. Thus they have have repaid me, evil for good and hatred for my love. Appoint a wicked man over him and let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is judged, let him come forth guilty and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few. Let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. Let his children wander about and beg, and let them seek sustenance far from their ruined homes. Let the creditor seize all that he has, and let strangers plunder the product of his labor. Let there be none to extend loving kindness to him, nor any to be gracious to his fatherless children. Let his posterity be cut off in a following generation. Let their name be blotted out. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm, does that seem unchristian to you? Let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow and his children wander around and beg. Does that sound unchristian? Does that sound unloving? Well, let me ask you who words, whose words are these? These are the words of our living God. Those of you who think it's unloving, are you saying that God is unloving? Are you saying that God is unchristian? You see, these are words that God put in Scripture for us to pray. But the world thinks they are harsh and mean-spirited and unchristian as long as they do not recognize the glory of the freedom we have in Christ and the absolute necessity of keeping Christ's gospel pure and unmixed with anything from man, and as long as they are not totally devoted to and blinded by the transcended, majestic glory of our triune God. But, Be careful about praying like this. Don't just do it for fun and see what happens. Don't do it to anyone coming and going. 
Be careful about saying things like Paul said about people. Don't just say it to people you don't like and to those who may disagree with you. Before you pray such things and practice such intolerance toward all of the Gospels, you make sure that you believe the right gospel or else all these curses that you heap on someone else will come back on your own head. Make sure that the gospel you believe in is God's gospel because as as I've told you, that is the only one that can do you any good. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB, that stands for Post Mailbox, number 402-1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.